Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, I'm breaking down the new hot sexy deck in modern. Also, I reached out to Mark Rosewater about Crimson Vow teasers. Also, secret layer with the heart. I love it. And then finally, the shout out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. I excited because I am. So let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco a medium that wears an extra extra large you can reach out to me on twitter at mtg ectoplasm or you can email me directly at mtg ectoplasm at gmail.com let me know how am i doing am i doing a good job a bad job or shouldn't quit my day job and then finally mtg ectoplasm.com that's right i got my own personal website with the latest and greatest information and if you want to donate or sponsor an episode just like this one you can do that there now as i ask you each and every week the thousands and thousands of you around this beautiful planet do me a favor wherever you're streaming this this podcast there's usually a like a follow subscribe button hit that bad boy for me I'm not charging you a dollar, a rupal, a penny, uh, an inti, a sol, a peso. I'm not charging you nothing, right? So do me a favor, hit that follow, like, subscribe uh, button, and I would personally appreciate it. And also, don't be afraid to share this with your friends and family because you know these new uh, Pioneer Challenger decks that are coming out or that are out right now, new people are learning about spirits, and it doesn't hurt to get them part of the spirit squad. You know what I'm saying? So... With that being said, I humbly want to say thank you. Thank you to all the listeners around the world making this your number one spot. I am humbled. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you. Thank you for all those beautiful emails that I'm getting. Uh, man, it means the world to me. Okay, my wife, the ravishing Renata, my engineer, she she can't believe it too. We're just like two pieces in the pot here in New Jersey going, wow, they like us. They really do. Now... Now that the pleasantries are over and said and done with, it's now time to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Now, before I actually begin, remember, for the last two episodes, I've been telling you there's an announcement. I have a prize that I'm giving away. That's right. I'm giving away in my hand. If you're visually seeing this on YouTube, because my wife is eventually going to put this on YouTube, it's a Challenger deck, Azorius from Pioneer. All right. I'm going to tell you halfway through the show where and how you can get your hands on this one in my hands, this challenger deck that has spirits. All right. So it's now time. Segment number one, we're going to be breaking down the hot, sexy new deck in modern. Now, what I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, is that this deck has been out for three months. It's had its different iterations. It actually goes by different names. It, you know, originally it goes by Boros Kiki, but now it's going by Brought Back Boros. Now, if you're unaware, uh, this actually made uh, waves in modern, in the modern challenge, and it 
basically, I think it topped eight twice. I may be mistaken. I know it topped eight on, on, on a Saturday. I believe it topped eight also on, on that Sunday last week. This deck is a very, very interesting deck, and a lot of people are talking about it. Me, personally, I had to talk about it because, you know, there's an up-and-coming uh, huge tournament that's going to happen in Las Vegas. And if you're a spear player and you're listening to me, shouldn't you not want to know about the latest and greatest deck that's out there that, who knows, you may encounter? Just saying. I'm going to give you what I think the deck is, what the deck is about, and how you as a spear pilot can kick its ass. All right? So let me begin by saying, what's the deck about? What it is, is a it's a it's a deck. I personally think it's a combo slash mid range deck, but it has the feel, it has the interactivity of an aggro deck. Hear me out. The reason why I say this is a combo deck is because there's certain particular cards that work too well with one another that combo off. Like it's like not an ending combo, but it's a combo where it could really end your day, really make you miserable. Also, it's more of a mid-range deck. Why? Because the way this deck plays is unlike another deck that I'm going to speak about. The when I'm seeing most of these pilots, they're taking their time. They're being a little slow. Not saying the deck is clunky. It isn't. It's proficient. The thing with this deck is these pilots want to make sure they're doing the right thing. Like we as spirit pilots, we want our interactivity to be on point with synergy, going along and making sure we make the right plays. And if we do, we're successful and we win. This deck is basically the same way. The only difference is I think our deck's a little bit better. Now, the point of this deck, all right, it gets rid of creatures, it gets rid of lands, sometimes yours, sometimes theirs, but the main point is they want you to lose life. Now, I have the deck list here in my hand. I had to pick one, and I went with a young man named Canister. If you're not sure what Canister, Canister is one of these people out there who goes out there and tries new decks or just tries decks out and usually wins. He kicks ass left and right. Well, I picked up his deck, and I was like, you know what? I got to share this with the community because why not? He always picks the best of the best out there. So the deck starts with 21 creatures. It has one walking ballista, one three-bin inspector, three ranger captain of Aeos, four fury, four ragavan nimble pilferers, four solitude, and then four esper sentinels. Now, you're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, that there are two, sorry, three one-mana cards, okay, which are Esper Sentinels, the Ragavan, and also Thraven Inspectors. Okay, so they, they got some play in early game. They also have the Walking Ballista. He had a pain in the ass card, uh, especially for the Spirit Tribe, but I'm not overly concerned because there's only one in there. Now, certain cards that we got to consider to me that I, you know, people are going to, you know, perk up their ears for is not really the captain of Aeos for him, for him to search for, you know, the walking ballista, the three bin inspector, the 
Ragavan or the Esper Sentinel. It's what the what the Captain of Ranger, the Ranger of sorry, Ranger Captain of Eos does, and it's a sacrifice. And it reads, "Sacrifice Captain, sacrifice Ranger Captain of Eos." I don't know why I'm struggling with this tonight. Your opponent can't cast non-creature spells this turn. That bothers me. But depending on the style or flavor of spirit deck you're playing, it may not bother you one bit at all. The reason why I say that is because if you look at the Azorius build, really what type of non-creature spells are we have in there? Yeah, we may play, some of us are playing the prismatic ending. Some of us aren't. But the only other card that we really have to consider is Aether Vial. And if you're worried about Ranger Captain of Aeos, that's usually by turn three. And Aether Vial is usually a turn one, turn two card. So it's a really, you know, not to be over concerned about, but, you know, just, just to put it out there making you aware the other cards that we got to keep an eye out for is fury and solitude now i hope you've listened to one of my previous episodes where i sat down and broke down the elemental tribe deck the elemental tribe deck is quick it's efficient the interactivity is amazing it's second to none and i i just love the deck Come, you know, next to spirits, man, it's a solid tribal deck. I'm gonna have to call this its cheaper cousin. Okay, this deck is more streamlined because it's red and white. I just personally, this is my personal opinion. I don't think it matches up. I actually think the elemental, which is four or five mana, is a little bit better than its one to two mana cousin there. Now, this deck also has four brought back and four uh, ephemerate. Now, for those who don't know what ephemerate means, it just it means exile target creature card and then return it back to the battlefield under its uh, owner's control and it has rebound and one for, for one mana. Very, very solid card, especially if you're going to use it on Fury or Solitude or if you want to sit there and protect one of their creatures so it comes back into play so, you don't, so they don't lose it. But the one card, the 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 name of it, the bar, the brought back Boros. This is the key card, and this came out in M twenty. Brought back is two white mana. It's an instant, instant, and it reads: choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard. Where, sorry, let me reread that again. Choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn return them to the battlefield tapped now that's a key card this is their this is one of their key cards like ephemerate i want you to remember this because i know people will misplay this left and right it's cards that just went into their graveyard. Not to that last turn or two turns. It has to be that turn. If it's not their turn, that turn anymore, done. 
no mas, no more. Now, the cool thing about this is that it's two creatures. So say, for example, I'm sorry, two permanents. I'm sorry, not just two creatures, two permanents. So let's say, for example, they decide to go, you know, I have two fetch lands. I sacrifice these two, you know, sacrifice these two fetch lands to get two white mana. I have the two white mana here. I tap the two white mana to do brought back. Now I can get my fetch lands back from my graveyard. And now I have uh, the ability of mana acceleration with those fetch lands. Yeah, they're taking four, but they're getting a lot of mana. So that's something to consider. Other for our ways of seeing them do this is using it with land and one of these uh, elements or elementals saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to use Ghost Quarter on one of your lands. I get the Ghost Quarter back. And then also because I played, uh, let's say, Fury, it went into the graveyard. Guess what? I get it back with Broadback. The interaction with this deck is really interesting. It's really different. This is a really different, uh, I guess, uh, style of deck. I like it. I'm a fan of it. But let me continue. The deck also has sorceries. One prismatic ending and through three cleansing wildfire. Now, prismatic ending, you know that what that is. That's just one of those cards that just... You have whatever mana you used toward it, mana, you know, color-wise, that's what they can get rid of. Here, they're going to use two mana, so it's two mana or less. That's it. Now, Cleansing Wildfire is a red and one generic sorcery. Destroy target land. Its controller may search their library for a basic card, then put it into the battlefield. Tapped. Then shuffle your library then draw a card. Now, majority of the time, ladies and gentlemen, this card will be used against their deck. So they can sit there and go searching for a land card, putting the play tapped, and then they can draw a card. And then hopefully if they have brought back, guess what? That land that they destroyed comes back onto the battlefield. Now, hopefully you're seeing what's going on here. They destroy something, it comes back from their graveyard back onto the battlefield. Tapped. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that's key. Always back from their from their graveyard tapped on their turn. Not your uh, not your turn or the turn three weeks ago. That turn must be that turn. Now, because of these interactions with these fury and solitude and kept this, uh, the captain of Aos coming back over and over again. What's it mean to you as a spirit player? Does that mean that you can't defeat this deck? There's no way around it. There's ways around it. This deck, depending on the pilot, I've seen, I've seen this deck played about, in eight different play, eight different styles, eight different players have played this deck, and the same thing comes true. The deck is slow, not mana wise, but the way these people are playing this deck, it's unlike the elemental deck, where 
as soon as you start putting creatures, say you put out your mausoleum wanderer or your uh, spectral sealer, they're usually going to sit there and wait. They're going to let you hit them and beat them. They're going to allow you to sit there and play your selfless spirit. They're going to allow you to play your supreme phantom. They see that supreme phantom, they're going to be a little nervous and they're going to go, you know, maybe we got to do something. But just remember, you have the advantage here. Now, how does this deck play? Like I said, it's slow, it's not clunky, but once they have mana, it's like a snowball rolling down a mountain. It's going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then guess what? It's just going to roll over you like an avalanche. So there's key things you need to do. Key things you got to remember. You got to look hands down at all times how much mana they have on the battlefield. Is it tapped? Is it not tapped? How many cards do they have in their hand? Now, if they have two cards, guess what? They may evoke one of these elementals. If they only have one, guess what? They're not evoking anything. Just throwing it out there. Now, one interaction that I thought was very, very comical that I've seen them use almost all the time was the, oh, let me get to the lands. Oh, no, no, I have to keep, before I, I have to continue with this. I'm sorry. Showdown of the Skulls. Now, this card is a saga, okay? I was, like, looking at this card. It's in the, uh, for those who don't know, it's an enchantment, but it's a saga. It's a, too generic, a red and a white, and it reads, Chapter 1, exile the top four cards of your library until the end of turn, and then you can play those cards. That's like a draw effect. and allows you to play those cards. Then chapters two and three, whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Realistically, turn two, turn three, the, the, those chapters two and three don't matter. Don't matter whatsoever. It can help, you know, whatever, if they have a Ragavan on play, say if they have a uh, Walking Ballista, sure, I'll help them out, or a three-bin Inspector, sure, I'll help it out. But realistically, Chapters two and three doesn't matter. Chapter one, chapter one is what matters because it allows them to dig through their library. Now, they can also use brought back on this, which is pretty neat. It's like, oh, you know what? Uh, my saga dies. Oh, I have two saga in there. Brought back. Now, I removed the top eight cards, and I can play those cards, you know, just because. You know, if I have the mana open, guess what? I'm going to cast spells. It's a really interesting card. I was like, what the hell? This makes no sense. Showdown of the Scouts. Remember that card. It's a four-mana card. I'm not going to sit there and say it's one of these key cards that you need to remember. It's one of those you should observe, keep an eye out for, but realistically, if they get zero cards in your hand, you should consider spell queller, spell queller-ing it, but you know that's up to you. Now, let me look at let me go to the lands. It has a flooded strand, just a single one, one marsh flat, one mountain, one rustvale bridge, one Sevlon Triome, one windswept teeth, two ghost quarter, three 
planes, four flagstones of Trocair, uh, four Saint, uh, Sacred Foundry, and then four Aramesas. Now, what I wanted to get to, that the interaction that I saw that was really brilliant was the flagstones of Torquir. Because the fact that, say if they have a uh, a flagstone of Torquir on the battlefield, what they can do is tap it, and they have another one in play, uh, in their hand, they can play that one. They can sit there and say, oh, the old one goes into the graveyard, I now tap this, the new one, for one white mana. Now I can do brought back. I can bring out whatever creature that I let go before and bring back the uh, flagstone of Trokir and allows me to go fishing for two additional land as well. Oh, and it goes away. It's like the interaction with flagstone of Trokir with brought back is absolutely genius in the fact that it, it allows you the allows them to do the mana acceleration. It's stupid. Good. It is so stupid. Good, but it's up to you to sit there and be wise enough to go. Oh, I, I know the shenanigans you're trying to pull here. I, I see your flagstones and it's up to you to sit there and be wise enough to go. Hmm, am I going to use my Mausoleum Wanderer to count, to counter that spell? Or am I going to use Spell Queller to make sure that card gets removed or exiled? So let's look into the great, uh, the uh, sideboard. They have one Cathedral Sanctifier for them to gain life. Then they have Dr. Uh, uh, doc, yeah, Dr. Queller's favorite card over here when he plays red, which is the uh, Burrington Forge Tenders. They're running two. Then two Draineth Magistrates, two Ingachewers, two Obsidian uh, Charmall, three Nil Spell Bombs, and then three Engineered Explosives. Gonna be honest with you here. There's just. Maybe two, three cards that I'm concerned about here in their grave, their uh, sideboard. I know I keep on saying graveyard, but because I guess everything goes into their graveyard, I guess why I'm I'm more focused that way. The you know I'd say the three cards that really bother me the most here is their Ingachewer because the fact that it can get rid of our Aether Vial, but also if we have our uh, Chalice of the Void that's in our you know in our sideboard and we end up choosing to bring it in. And I don't see why we wouldn't because this deck has a lot of one and two mana about, you know, spells. You know, that that's I that's why I don't like Ingachewer here. Not a fan, they got two, but it's a card I would definitely consider if you're going to game three. Well well, you know what, maybe we'll get into that a little later. The next card I would be worried about is Obsidian char uh char maw now this is a three generic two red dragon and it's a four four flyer when it enters the battlefield destroy target non uh non-basic land and opponent controls now i don't have to tell you why i don't like this card or or do i have to explain it to you the fact that it's a dragon, first of all, a 4-4 four, four flyer. Most of our flyers are less than, what, two? Sometimes it hits a three mark. 
but also not, not only can it kill our spirits and do a good job, good job about it, but it can wipe out most of our land base. Not a fan of this card. Fortunately, they're only running two, but still two is one too many. And then funny. And then finally three engineered explosives. Now, I hope you know how engineered explosives play. If you don't know, it depends on how much mana you tap to play it. Now, this deck, it's Boros. It's red-white. So they can do one mana and destroy all our one mana stuff, or they can go two and then destroy all our two mana stuff when they tap two mana and then sacrifice it. You know, fortunately, we have three mana spots, but realistically, this card is going to be a tough card to deal with once they bring it in from the sideboard. It does hurt our deck a lot, but what do we know about spirits? Spirits protect their own. We love, we love ourselves. We make ourselves bigger, and thanks to certain abilities, we can protect ourselves very well, and that's what leads me to how do spirits win how do we kick this deck's ass well realistically ladies and gentlemen there are multiple ways to kick this deck's ass like i said i don't think this 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 deck is good card deck i'm I hands down i'm not poo-pooing it i think this is a really good deck a really fun deck it is not the elemental deck that i personally am nervous about the matchup i actually see us thinking i personally think we have the better end of this matchup this is how we win. First things first, you play it like the elementals. What do I mean by that? You spit out your creatures as quickly as you can, and you get under this deck, and you hit them and hit them and hit them and hit them. Hit her, hit her. I, as a guy saying that, it just feels wrong saying it. But you hit the opponent. You beat up the opponent flying over and smashing them in the face. Second, the second way to victory here, is do what we spirit players do. We can play the long game, meaning that we can be interactive against our opponent, playing against what they're accustomed to. We have Spell Queller. We have uh, Skyclave Apparition. We have Mausoleum Wanderer. We can go to toe-to-toe here. And then also, the fact that we have that interaction, guess what we also have? We have Hexaproof ability. That's right. We have uh, rattle chains. We also have drug school captain. What's there to lose? The only weak card, and I, I hate to call it a weak card, but the real one of the weakest cards that are in here. Well, actually, say I'd say two. I would say it's spectral sailor, and then also a shacklegeist. And that's kind of odd to sit there and say those are the the two weakest cards in this matchup. But realistically. It is. Because there's no interaction there except for the interaction with Chuckle Guys, you know, making sure your opponent doesn't attack that turn. But realistically, what's your opponent going to do? They're going to try to kill, you know, one or two of your spirits so your Shackle Guys doesn't work. But that's where Flash, that's where Flash comes in handy. And hopefully, you've been playing this deck, you've been playing your spirits deck over and over and over again you understand the interactivity with spirits. 
Now, the third way, the third way to get victory, hopefully you steal game one. Because I see us on, you know, if we can't get the game one victory, we can get the victory in game two and three. And here it is. Ready? Chalice of the Void. You play Chalice of the Void, turn one, turn two, or sorry, put it, uh, mark the Chalice of the Void for one or two. They're done. They're done. They, there's, there's little they can do. The only thing they really can do is try to play out their high mana stuff like Fury or if not Solitude to get, you know, to destroy your creatures. That's it. Otherwise than that, guess what? Their brought back is gone. The ephemerate's gone. This prismatic ending is gone. The cleansing field is gone. It, it, done. They're screwed. Now, the one that I like the most is rest in peace. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, rest in peace. Because they have this re graveyard recursion where they're, they're like, well, you know, I'm going to play this, and it goes to the graveyard, and I'll, I'll play brought back, and I'll bring it back from the graveyard. No, 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 no. Sorry, my friend. You know I know you're now both, we both know you're screwed. Hell, the, the, the people watching us play this game right now know that you screwed up. And rest in peace did it. Because whatever goes in the graveyard, gone, exiled, forever, no mas, adios, gone. Rest in peace is that nail for their coffin. And you're going to hammer them away. And then finally, Tafiri Time Raveler. That's right. Three fairy. I love this card. Reason why is if it's in your sideboard. Depends. I know Chels of the Void should be in your sideboard. Rest in Peace should be in your sideboard. Three fairy? Teferi, the Time Reveler? Some are doing it, some aren't. But the reason why I like Teferi here is because it makes them play their deck fair. They can only play it on their turn, and it slows them down. It doesn't allow them to do the interactivity they're hoping for and if they're just just twiddling their thumbs going i'm slow now i'm really really slow and there's nothing i can do about it while you as the spirit player are just flashing in your stuff left to right and just smashing them love it one other card that i actually saw in somebody in the spirits group or community had ashiok now I'm thinking to myself, really, Ashiok the Dream Render? I'm like, really? You're stopping your opponent from searching their library? Well, that works well with the captain. That works well with, you know, them trying to use the flagstones of Tarkir, trying to get lands back, or using their uh, fetch lands to, you know, do man acceleration. Screws them up. I like it. Just throwing it out there. So, like I said, this matchup is not like your typical elemental matchup. Me, personally, I'm more worried about Omnath. I'm really worried about how elementals, the tribe deck, works. This this is not. This is, this is their cheaper cousin. 
This is their like the little runt. And you can beat this. Hands down, you can beat this. This deck is more of a streamlined version of Elementals, but it's not. Uh, but what I'm going to tell you, like I said before, keep track of their mana. Look at the mana base. Look what they're doing. See if they, they're going to put stuff into their graveyard and if they, there's a potential for them to use brought back. Look at their hands. Look at their hand size. If they're tapped out and have two cards, guess what? More than likely, they have Solitude or Fury. Just saying. And if not, then guess what? I would tack, let them do what they got to do, and then at the end of their turn, you do what you got to do, and then you're, you're pounding them. So just beware of the lands and the potential evoke. Now, I'm not going to tell you this is an easy victory. No, 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 no. This is far from an easy victory. This, I think this is like about a 50, I think we have a 55, 57% chance of victory here, if I did my math correctly. But when you get this victory, you deserve this victory. Why? Because you worked for it. You took what I what I said to, you know, to mind you're like well i looked at their hands i looked at their 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 mana base i i'm doing what i gotta do i'm working with the interactivity of spirits or you know i'm just vomiting creatures out just getting them out as quickly as i can but once you get the victory i promise you you will understand the feel nay the power of the spirit tribe. Because I think this deck here incent accentuates what spirits is about. This is a matchup that, you know, as a true pilot of spirits, you're going to go, man or woman, I did a great job. And you know what? I deserve that victory because I piloted, piloted, my deck correctly efficiently and I deserve that victory that's my thoughts so if you end up seeing Boros Kiki that's what it's called or brought back Boros have no fear have no worry you can kick this deck's ass just be smart just be smart now that's the end of segment number one. In the next segment, segment number two and two and a half, I reached out to Mark Rosewater on Twitter. And I've been curious. I'm like, you know, they've been doing this thing where they're releasing set after set after set after set. And all we're getting is, oh, we get teasers. Then we get spoilers and more teasers and more spoilers. And here comes a set. And here comes another set and another set and another set and another set. It, 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 there was no stop time. There was no chill until now. You know, you know, Midnight Hunt is out, and we have heard nothing, nothing at all about Crimson Vow. So I decided to reach out to Mark Rouse Watering and say, hey, Mark, how you doing, pal? 
I do a podcast for the spirit community and I'm very curious. Where are your teasers? I like to put more content out here too for my community and your teasers do a good job of it. Where the hell are, where the hell are they? Crimson Vow is coming around in the corner. It should be out here in the next couple of weeks. Where's your teasers? Also, I told them, hey, you know, we need a good one mana creature. Just saying. Just, just you know, hook a brother sister up. You know, hook us up, the spirit community. Obviously, he didn't say nothing. I also then asked them for an uh, interview, and I got no response there either. So, at least he responded to his teasers, which... Yay, Mark, if you're listening, love your tweezers. Reminds me of the old days. But uh, come on the show. I think my listening audience uh, all from around the world would love to hear your voice and your thoughts. Now, segment two and a half, I'm going to talk about this announcement. Me giving away this Pioneer Challenger deck, Azaria Spirits, that's in my hands. Now, if this is your first time listening... Thank you very much. Remember to hit that follow, like, subscribe button and to share this content with your friends and family or even those who like Magic the Gathering. I'm doing this giveaway December, sorry, October 28th at 9 p.m. on Twitch. You have to go to Rect Productions, W-R-E-C-K, the letter D, Productions. That night at ten p- at nine p.m. October twenty eighth, there's a show called the Weekly Catch Up with Handsome and the other guy. I'm I call myself Handsome. The other guy thinks he's handsome. He's got a face like a horse. Doesn't matter. We're gonna have a special guest. We're gonna have a hip hop artist. He's gonna join us on the show. It's gonna be our Halloween special. And I figured for the Halloween show, why not give away? This extra challenger deck that my wonderful wife, the Ravishing Renata, allowed me to give away. So this is what you got to do. October 28th, 9 p.m. Twitch on the Rec Productions channel. Remember, W-R-E-C-K, the letter D, Productions channel. During that show, there's going to be a segment called Dirk Declan, the... Dirk Declan, Demon Destroyer, Paranormal Investigator, Changing the World by Exercising Ghosts One at a Time in New Jersey. Yeah, that's the title. Yeah, it's a tongue twister, if you, if you can tell. Directly after that skit, you will see a code word pop up magically. You'll see my spirit logo. All right? A spirit logo with the head and the two hands with the little box saying the key word. All you got to do is go to my Twitter, MTG Ectoplasm, put in the code word. First person that does it, guess what? Wins this Azorius Pioneer Challenger deck. I don't care if you live in the United States. I don't care if you live in uh, Brazil, Rio, Rio de Janeiro. Don't care. I don't care if you live in España, Italia, Uruguay, uh, Russia, Germany. Don't care where you live. Guess what? I'm going to ship it, and you're going to get this. It's going to cost me a little pretty penny to send it to you, but you deserve it, right? 
because you listen to the show. So just remember, October 28th, that means this Thursday coming up, 9 p.m. Twitch, Wrecked Productions, W-R-E-C-K, the letter D Productions, Handsome and the Other Guy Show, the Weekly Catch-Up, and remember, it's right after Dirk Declan, the Paranormal Investigator Show episode. Now, thank you for enlightening me for segment number two and two and a half. Now leads to segment number three. Let me take a sip of my water here. Thank you. I my mouth, my mouth is a little parched there. Segment number three, I wanted to talk about a secret lair. And this warms my heart. I love it. The secret lair is called Extra Life for Kids Secret Lair. And what it is, is that Watsy decided to make a secret lair and donate the proceeds to uh, the hospital out there. The, the I think it's Seattle that deals with these poor children that have, I believe, cancer or have other physical ailments. Let me just tell you, I love this. Now, I don't know if it's, I've been hearing it's either 50% or all, but I don't care if it's like 5%. They're giving back to these kids in need. Families who have been affected because their child has some particular ailment and they need assistance. For those who have not been watching or listening to my show, I just graduated from nursing school. I became, I'm a, I got my license as a nurse and I officially start in two more weeks in a, uh, in a facility working as a nurse. So yay, clappy, clappy to me. With that being said, this, this warms my heart and I'm going to ask the Ravishing Renata to see if I can get one for myself because I want to, you know, I believe it's the right thing. It's for kids. Now, the cool thing about this Extra Life for Kids secret lair is that they asked these, they asked three kids to draw up these cards. The cards are Crater Hoof Behemoth, Mole Drifter, and Metalwork Colossus. Now, these kids I saw, they were like about five, five and a half. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they play matches gathering, but I'm okay with that. But their artwork was cute. And then they had what Watsy ended up doing was they ended up reaching out to artists to take their images that they decided to draw and make it more better <laughs> i'm not trying to criticize these these kids artwork but <clears throat> you can see the difference from a amateur artist to professional artist now the crater hoof behemoth the young man drew this little purple blood with eyes and long and stuff and the artist did a great job making this uh i guess a purple people eater type of thing walking through the wilderness uh, walking through mountains and, you know, through the forest. It was really neat. I love that image. The other one was Mole Drifter, where this young individual drew a fish with wings. And it was just like, you could see the fishiness. It was like, oh, cute, it's a fish. 
And then the artist, you know, did a better version of the fish was smiling with wings. It was adorable. Then the middleware Colossus. <clears throat> what can I say about this? Uh, personally, um, fortunately, a little, this young person drew this. This five, I believe it was a five-year-old as well. I'm going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like Pikachu. That has me a little concerned because I hope whoever owns Pokemon doesn't come up and go, mm, we're going to sue because of this image. Hopefully they realize a, a, a young child drew this who was ill and an artist came by, behind him and drew the image professionally. You know, it looks like just like a giant colossal Pikachu with colored ears. I liked it. It's adorable. It doesn't really fit Colossus. Doesn't fit the middleware Colossus, but that's okay. Not everything can be perfect. These are five you know five year old kids. But I applaud them and I applaud Watsy for this. And if you have an opportunity, it helps out kids. And it drops November fifth through the eighth. So if you have an opportunity, you have the finances to purchase this. I ask you kindly and humbly. If you can do it, do it. It's for kids, and uh, it's Crater Hoof Behemoth, Mall Drifter, and Middleware Colossus. These cards ain't cheap. You know it, I know it, we both know it. But these are badass cards in a secret lair that helps out kids. Now comes segment number four. First time I've ever done a segment number four. And it's the shout-out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Did you make it? I hope so. And if you did not make my shout-out section, have no fear, have no worry. I guarantee you eventually will make it here because I know I and the Spirit Squad, the Spirit Community, will be rooting for you all the way. Even though we may not be there like right next to you going, hey, job we're there in spirit get it spirit tribe we're there in spirit i'll be here all week now in pioneer october 18th this individual went got first place with a bant build and this individual's in japan and i'm gonna butcher your name and i apologize at least you know i'm, I'm doing it in advance it's Miyazaki, or Miyazaki, yeah, Miyazaki Takoto. Miyazaki Takoto. October 18th, first place with a band build in Pioneer. Also on the same day, an individual went 5 with another band build, and that's Nildo. Congratulations, congratulations, Nildo, for going out there and kicking ass. Now, this isn't the first time Nildo's gone out there and kicked ass. I've seen your name pop up multiple times, and I love seeing it. Hopefully, I get to see it a little bit more. Now, in modern, October 19th, this individual went 5-0 in a band build, and that's Sideshow SC. I want to congratulate these individuals for going out there, kicking ass, and proving that Spirits is the best tribe out there in the world of Magic the Gathering. 
Now, so well, let me do my quick wrap-up here, ladies and gentlemen. I talked about Bor- uh, the brought-back deck from Boros. Told you about it and how to kick its ass. Also, segment two, I told you about Mark Rosewater. The teaser for uh, Crimson Vow comes out this Monday. Maybe I forgot to mention that. Or did I say it? I hope so. But it comes out this Monday. Uh, also, don't forget my giveaway uh, October 28th, 9 p.m. Twitch, Rec Productions. Look for the show, uh, The Weekly Catch-Up with Handsome and the Other Guy. Segment three, The Secret Lair that comes out November 5th to the 8th. Help out the kids and then my shout-out section. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I'm humbled. The Ravishing Renata, the engineer, is grateful. And I just want to say one thing. Halloween is coming around the corner. Be nice. Don't don't be a jerk. Give away the candy to the kids. But if you're playing Magic the Gathering, when you're facing that opponent, when you're kicking their ass, make them say that's bullshit. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm done. I'm out of here. Arrivederci. Mushi mushi konnichiwa. Adios. Uh, Tomo arigato. I'm out.